everyone. Welcome back to Mind the Millennial Gap podcast. Uh, I'm your co-host, Chris. I'm here with the other wonderful, beautiful co-host, Ms. Gigi herself. And we are coming to you from not a normal place. We decided to podcast on vacation this week and create something, record it, and have it out here for you very, very soon. Where are we, Gigi? We are in beautiful... Seaside, Oregon, home of Sasquatch, the Squatch himself. Is he the most notable person from here? Have we done our research? <laughs> he In seems to be world. notable up and down this entire coast. Like there are there are borderline <laughs> religious shrines and tokens and trinkets of him everywhere. You gotta please the Squatch. <laughs> Is that what keeps him away? Yeah, no, I think we we discussed this in length on our car ride yesterday because I am very much a crypto cryptid believer. A crypto cryptid believer. A crypto cryptid believer. <laughs> Excuse me, I only believe in one of those things, and it's not crypto. Blockchain folklore. It is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, folklore is probably right. I still can't figure out how to turn off my Coinbase automatic buys every week. And so I'm like, why am I still investing? How long has that been going on? And how long have you not asked me to help you? <laughs> More than you. Every once in a while, I'll just like drain my account. But I'm sure I'm just losing money at this point. So, um, yeah. Something for us to work on Maybe later. you can find a cryptid and ask them to help you with Maybe. your crypto. Anyways, back to the cryptids. Big, big cryptid fan believer here over here. My personal favorite is Mothman, because if you know, you know, take a look at the statue. Search, Google search Mothman cake, and you will understand exactly what I mean. Um, but I do have a very, very tender spot in my heart for Bigfoot. I think he is gentle. I think he's misunderstood. I think he's misunderstood. I think he's mischaracterized. I think he's just a gentle critter. Do you think he identifies as he or is he more of a they, mm -hmm. them? Um, I think that there is a large number of squatches that can identify however they want. We, I feel like the squatch are a very inclusive group. So they can identify as If you could way. ask this guy squatch three questions, what would it be? How do you hide so well? Number one, teach me your ways. Number two... What other cryptids do you know? Is there like a convention? Can I come? And are you getting any royalties from this merch that's being sold in your likeness? <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. I hope hope people are taking care of the squatches. Um, yeah. I don't know what the third question would be. Do you talk to the aliens? I have that really cool shirt that has a squatch and an alien on it. And I want to know, is there any truth to that? Are they friends? Interesting. You think that they have an alliance? Possibly. And well, we're way far away from the topic we that we were going to pick up today, sorry. but that was fun. We just, don't get me started on talking about cryptids. Millennial cryptids. <laughs> <laughs> what if we could make our own millennial cryptid? Oh, yeah, yes. Yes. As per our podcast last week, it would be the millennial that doesn't eat avocado. Doesn't eat avocado toast. Did we eat <laughs> avocado toast this week? Did we eat it yesterday? Yes. Yes, we did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. On a lovely boat. I know no one's listening. This is episode number two. <laughs> we got seven downloads on episode number one. And we're very excited. We are beyond excited yeah. for seven downloads, which some of those may or may not have been us. Um, definitely. Yep. <laughs> but we stayed in Newport, Oregon, and Gigi found an amazing airbnb for us to stay at we stayed on what effectively is portrayed as an old riverboat like gambling boat it had like paddles behind it but it was a it was an airbnb and so we we stayed we had a lovely room the whole middle section of the boat was a lounge and they had had you know happy hour that we missed because we didn't get there on time but then we had breakfast in the morning too and it was Dare I say, Little G Gourmet? It was like kick-ass. They did such a good job. And they like called the night before or the day before and got her like orders for breakfast the next morning. It was three courses. Chris had um, brulee grapefruit, which he's never had before. And what were your thoughts from a non-fruit lover? Oh, brulee grapefruit? I got to figure out how to make that. It's so good. It's very easy. Yeah. Yeah. Super good. So yeah, I cannot recommend the Newport Bell enough. Yeah, Newport Bell for all, hopefully, nine people 
that may or may not be us downloading episode two. <laughs> you find yourself in Oregon on the coast somewhere. Go stay in the boat. It was yeah, great. It was awesome. It was awesome. And now today we're in Seaside, Oregon. And I we our little place looks out on the ocean and I'm watching people catch waves currently. And I am very jealous. So we are going to do this podcast so we can go out and surf right after this. That's exactly right. Surf Oregon, everyone. Surf yep. Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, the things that we wanted to get into today was uh, essentially just the millennial career, the millennial career path, uh, the items that take us to our career, the things that help us move through, around, over, sometimes away from an, a, a career. And so talking about all those things and how millennialism has interacted and navigated through what is uh, considered more of a career here in America. Anything to add before we dive in, Gigi? No, I'm really excited for this topic. So I think we explained this last week, but Chris and I are going to take turns um, researching and then kind of being the main narrator for the podcast while the other person blind reacts to it. Chris has given me a little bit of a heads up on what we're talking about today, and I am very, very excited. So let's get into this. Wonderful. So, uh, we're going to make a handful of stops today along just the evaluation of like a career. But I think what is probably top of mind with anyone that would be listening that is within our age demographic is the the great resignation, which is essentially whoever came up with that uh, definitely deserves an award. <laughs> like a great name. You have to have a catchphrase to catch people's attention of what's going on in the world. I believe, are we, you're you're a two-time great resigna- resignator at this point, right? Yep, I am a two-time great. <laughs> if, if they're still, if they're still uh, tracking it through this time period, you've you've shifted twice. Yeah, I have. In the last uh, what two two years, three years? Two years. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I I shifted once. There's the uh, Coast Guard going by. My apologies, everyone. We had the window open. Um. <laughs> oh, that is the Coast Guard. Go Coasties. Um, yeah, I, I, uh, I resigned and went to another position too during the resignation as well. And I think that kind of will, will dovetail into our conversation today. So when I got looking into just millennial career paths, Julian and I have talked often about what makes it different for us. Is it a little bit different for us because we're in a sector that's a little bit more volatile, both, uh, uh, Gigi and I work for tech companies or uh, tech heavy companies that produce their their product and sell it out to the consumers. And um, I don't know if through our lens and through our our experiences and those kinds of companies is a little bit different than anyone else. But I think just generally when I was looking through the numbers, um, there was that whole concept of I don't know about anyone else, but I felt the uh, ever guiding polite pressure to go to college after after high school um it was kind of not even a choice for myself it was expected and it was just a matter of which post-secondary education institution are you really going to go to right so you go through that that miserable experience of applying everywhere oh it's terrible you're just writing essays and writing essays and you're like can i reuse "Ah." any of these is anyone gonna ask me the same question so (laughs) i could just turn it in Right. Yeah, or like you're having to like aggrandize like something to be like, and it changed me, and I've never been the same since. And really, you're like, it really wasn't that bad. I have almost <laughs> no life experiences at the age of seventeen Seriously, to write about. A very sheltered seventeen year old. And I found my stickers <laughs> at the bottom of my locker, <laughs> and that's when I know I wanted to be a doctor and save lives. No, I think that there are people who truly have those stories, and it is wonderful, and it is beautiful, and it is awe inspiring when they share them. Um, but I also think that us kind of having the pressure to do that for our college essays maybe took away a little bit from their stories. Um, so if you are in charge of making college essays, I don't know, maybe, maybe pick something else. (laughs) Maybe pick a topic that's, yeah. Is there a better way to like understand aptitude and... Than written word? I think a lot of, a lot of better ways. Okay. Moving forward though. Right. So I know I also grew up in a town 
that leaned more blue collar um, in where I grew up. And so many, many kids that were my friends growing up, their parents may or may not have had a college education and a good, more than handful of people I graduated high school with uh, never went on to pursue a college education and they went straight into the workforce somehow in some capacity, right? And so I don't have the number in front of me because I couldn't find it again after I looked it up once. But the... So it will not be in the work cited. Definitely not in the work cited. You just have to trust that I read it and that I'm conveying thematically correct information to you. <laughs> but uh, the the overall measure of individuals that go on to get a post-secondary education degree and those who don't get one, whether they started and stopped, whether they never pursued it, etc. Now, the income gap over the career span of time is uh, more than marginal. I, I believe it's over a, well over a million dollars of a gap is if you went to college or not. Right. And so the numbers overall would sit there and say, well, if if income is a lot of how you live an American lifestyle, which unfortunately it is because we live in a capitalist consumption model. Um, at the end of the day, you have to have some level of money to live a lifestyle that you want to uh, go down. And so it would sit there and lead you and push you into a post secondary education if that was uh, your goal. Um, but I do, I'm going to stop there. Uh, Gigi, any comments on that? Because I want to go take a side tangent right after. No, excited for the side tangent. Um, I would say my experience kind of mirrors your own um, in some ways and then really doesn't in a lot of ways. Um, my Where I grew up was very different. I Most people went to college and it was just kind of a expect for a lot of people um within my family though we i have a brother who who did not really want to go to college and that was um a kind of a learning experience for my parents who so strongly believed in second education both of them are very educated um people and have somebody that they loved very much and that they saw as the uh the path for him was education was uh, going to college was kind of difficult um but like in reality they came to learn that people just like learn better and they have different skills um when and they learn better when they are allowed to learn in their own ways and to succeed in their own ways um so this brother did some college and he uh, then kind of pivoted out from it and, and does things that he's really good at has done like several very successful things more with his hands more with starting businesses stuff um, that he didn't need any sort of degree, whether, as we'll talk about, whether that um, would have led him a certain path or not. He, he does just fine without it, right? So kind of a, a varied experience there with the expectation of going to college, but yeah, um, when put into action, but it was very much an expectation, uh, both in the community I lived in and um, within my family. I think a lot of people when, um, so going down this tangent, they're, there are many career paths where you don't necessarily need to go get a four year degree that has some, I guess, concentration in an educational topic. Um, I, I have a, I have a degree in economics. I've never <laughs> once used, I, I suffered through four years of handwritten calculus um, so that I could show that I knew how the concepts and theory worked. Not my, applied economics is nothing to go and entertain yourself with, believe me. Um, <laughs> Jillian's also in the same boat. <laughs> Jillian has a great degree and has and never health, used it either. <laughs> yeah, I have a degree in, in um, health services that I guess now I've kind of pivoted back to a health tangential sector, but I do nothing with like my actual. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And we'll sit on Thanks. that later. But I also want to acknowledge that even if you don't go to post-secondary uh, education and finish and get a degree from some institution, there are many different ways through other uh, shorter programs or 
other items that you you don't even need to really go to college for. You can still self-teach and find yourself very successful as an income earner in America. Mm-hmm. I know that the trades often, when I look into the numbers of uh, more of the, the, the trades, such as plumbing, electrician, uh, fabrication, and those types of, of things, yes, there is post-secondary education, but it's a completely different model, right? They, they get into more of the, um, in order to become a journeyman or things like that, you have to go study underneath someone. You have to be an understudy. You have to do like so many years, but you're getting on the job application and, and experience that way. I think the internet, um, I'm probably some of the being a older millennial, I still have many memories of before the internet appeared. Um, whether that was in a school setting or when my <laughs> my parents finally finally uh, decided to get it in in our home <laughs> when so many other people <laughs> had it already. <laughs> but like I've at the older side of the the generation, I have memories of no internet. Um, I think Gigi being a bit younger might not actually have any young memories pre-internet. No, I don't remember pre-internet. I remember uh, I actually read something this morning that was uh, referring to maybe my side of the generation as the Spice Girl, Spice Girl generation. I don't know if you've seen this yet. What? No. So there's an article uh, this morning that came across. It may have been CNBC in my, my Instagram feed, but they were saying the the Spice Girl generation is essentially the generation that had the internet available to them at almost all times, but they do have memories of pre um, accessible internet, right? Oh, you are the, which Spice Girl are you? Oh, geez. I couldn't even name all five of them. I don't know how I would sit there and label myself as one. I think you, you might be Sporty Spice. Sporty Spice. Is that because I don't smile? (laughs) Maybe. I'm definitely. Sporty Spice. She's the one that is married to David Beckham, right? No. No, that's that was Baby Spice. I think we got it very screwed up. Oh no, I don't actually know the Spice Girls because <laughs> I'm think not Baby, part of the Spice Baby Girls Spice generation. was the the blonde one. Okay, we're looking this up. Okay, well, keep going, and I'm go- anyway. I will regardless, again. the internet has actually opened up a lot of career paths that didn't exist before. Um, I know that. Uh, there are channels on YouTube that are very, very successful from kids, young adults, even adults that have decided just to go and create content. And it far outpaced the income that they would have had, whether they pursued a different degree. Uh, one of my YouTubers that I'm almost a little ashamed to say I follow um, actually dropped out of, out of law school. Don't be ashamed to follow this person. He is endearing. He's as great. Heck. So if you if you ever get a chance, go watch Cletus McFarlane. It's it's cars, it's engines, it's racing, it's it's quite fun, and it leans a little bit uh, Florida man, <laughs> and just give you a heads up there. But he actually dropped out of law school because he was finding so much success in making content on YouTube, and it's a completely different path for him. So between the internet. The trades, I think if you find yourself using the internet for, um, it's always pitched to me. I've never seen, I've never met anyone being super successful with it, but uh, people who do FB&A on Amazon or they do uh, click funnels and those types of things of internet marketing into products and they get um, affiliate commissions and those types of things, quite wildly successful if you can figure that out and understand how the whole mechanisms of internet marketing work as well. But I'm always amazed, quite honestly, if I had to do it again, and this will segue us into our next thing, I would have considered like being a diesel mechanic. You would have been great at that. Right? And just opening a diesel shop. I think everyone would just be floored if they looked into the economics of owning a diesel shop and how uh, successful income-wise that someone can actually be and just doing maybe what is you were kind of steered away from, right? Because the white collar traditional jobs were the ones that looked like they had the elements of success and the higher incomes, et cetera, right? Yeah. So 
I know, um, I know Gigi, your brother, perfectly fine, right? Is, is in, I guess, a, a pivot in his career, but finds himself being mildly successful in America. Yep, yep. And he's like, he has put in hard, hard work to get there. Like that boy works harder than probably anyone else I know to to do what he does. Um, But yeah, in the end, he, I'm, I'm incredibly and forever so proud of him for knowing exactly what he wanted to do and not being peer pressured into a different path because he, he truly, um, he does great things and has, yeah, has never needed kind of to follow that what was presented as the traditional and really the only path. Mm-hmm. I think one more avenue that I want to mention uh, is the avenue of uh, just voluntary armed service, right? And potentially, if if you find that that is your path, uh, there's quite a bit of success that you can have going and doing a period of time with one of the arms of the military. And there are some benefits there. However, you give up. You give up quite a bit of your freedoms uh, to go pursue that path. And so obviously that has to align best with you. Any other things that you can think of that were, weren't like the traditional go to college path? Um, I saw a meme this morning that made me laugh. It said too old to be, you're too young to own property, too old to be a TikTok star. <laughs> and I felt that incredibly because I feel like um, I'm so proud of these young people that are just coming up with like different ways to um, be entertaining and to like spread their own word and to spread their own um, social justice and ideas and outreach. And I'm just continuously impressed by Gen Z and how um, very empathetic they are. So, I think just in generations to come, we're just going to see this even more kind of people straying away from traditional paths. Um, even even paths like data science, you don't need to go to school to be a data scientist anymore. You can do a boot camp. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Tech tech is one of tech is one of those few things where I'm sure technology programs at post secondary um, institutes are starting to maybe catch up with um what actually happens in the tech sector but honestly to go like code you don't need to go to college they'll they'll sit there and teach you how to build an html website so you can feel like that you're in the like mid 1990s again (laughs) or that you're you're stealing code and building your myspace page you're just inserting different code snippets (laughs) I've never felt more powerful than learning how to use HTML. Yeah, it just it just hasn't caught up. Uh, and I think oftentimes that's a that's a function of technology ever like iterating and changing there as well. But if you if you want to learn how to code, there are boot camps, there's YouTube, there's so many things that are great avenues to teach you a coding language that is applicable in the workspace. I know I've had more than a handful of developers on teams that I've been on that, you know, went and tried something, went to college, maybe didn't finish college, didn't go to college, ended up in a boot camp or being self-taught. Wonderful, wonderful, right, great quality code and make great products when they uh, are on the team writing code. So, like, I can very much appreciate that path as well. So, moving on. Economically, the the numbers would sit there and say, go to college. Um, maybe, maybe your house situation was a, a function of the expectation is for you to go to college. Um, I think there are some other ramifications there as well. Um, as as high school graduates are pushed into college, there's obviously a financial obligation there. Who's going to pay for it, right? So you could be pressured into going to college and there's no financial backing there at all. Um, There's circumstances where a parent has the financial backing and there are circumstances where the parent might control where you go because they had the financial backing as well. There's many different paths we can take here. But if you did, you know, choose that path of saying, oh, yeah, I think uh, my American experience as a millennial will be uh, greater 
by going to post-secondary education. There's a lot to take in in this scenario here. I think the biggest... Go ahead, Gigi. Sorry, just the one note. Chris reminded me, this is going to be a very America-centric Oh, this is our experience, too. unfortunately. Yeah, so we know, we know that the post-secondary education is different um, worldwide, and so this is going to be mostly focused on the experience of people in the United States. Apologies, we are trying to make sure that we do cover global topics here, but this one in particular is just specific to our experience here. Yeah, absolutely. And as an aside, we did get the email domain. (laughs) So if you did want to email GG, what is our email? You can ask us questions or you can (laughs) maybe introduce us to how the post-secondary education works outside of the States. Uh, Unfortunately, our experience is inside of it, right? Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Our... Email is mindthemillennialgap at gmail.com. We should probably check it and see if any of the seven downloads emailed if it. any of our lovely listeners <laughs> prevented Exactly. Or, or you can look us up on Instagram. Our Instagram is maybe not centered around the podcast just yet, but it's more or less me and Gigi having weekends out or going and traveling or whatever we're experiencing to have fun in our lives. Yeah. So mind the millennial gap on TikTok and Instagram, shameless plug. But going to college, I think one of my biggest, uh, I guess, pauses of sending 18-year-olds to college is they qualify to go take out life-crippling amounts of, of debt. And I think very, very few of them know what they want to be when they grow up and or potentially blindly follow... Uh, a a hero, a past hero in their life, whether that was a a parent, an uncle, someone else's dad that looked like they had it. Um, I don't know how many people I've met uh, that were uh, pre-dental. And I was like, what what in the world makes you want to be a dentist? And they're like, well, you know, my my friend's dad was a dentist and he only worked like three days a week. And I'm like, (laughs) I mean, that's something to aspire to, right? I don't think I I have... uh, I have the ambition to just be putting my my hands in people's mouths all day, but that's not my goal. That's not my goal. But when you're 18, at least in my experience, I'll speak for myself only. I'm in my late 30s and I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up, let alone when I was 18. And a lot of life, like if you think about it in in America, uh, the education system is essentially already create a curriculum like it's getting to a point where teachers don't even really make much of the curriculum it's a curriculum bought by a school district or a state and almost everyone in that state does the exact same thing every single day that way that way everyone can kind of keep up there's a baseline there etc right and so you're basically spoon-fed life when you're in when you're in uh school for eight hours a day and then you're like okay cool Go make all your life choices and make them now-ish, right? And if you don't graduate in, in four years, we potentially might like look at you with a side eye or frown on you a little bit, et cetera, right? I think, I think people who know what they want to be when they grow up at 18 is such a minority yeah. in, in, the, in the population. I don't know. How in the world did you choose your, your degree in, in college, Gigi? Oh, man, I was... I, oh, it was a, it was quite a journey. Um, so I went to college uh, intending on being in the pre-nursing program. So I registered as being pre-nursing for my first year. And then I went to a, um, a birth. I saw a birth and I fainted in it. Um, and so that's. <laughs> Sorry, I blew into the mic. That was hilarious. I have never heard this story. Have you really never heard no, this story? No, Yeah, it was really, really embarrassing. Um, and that's when I figured I couldn't be a nurse because, like, when it comes to blood, I guess I just can't do it. <laughs> um, yeah. So it, after that, it was kind of a pivot. I decided to do like nonprofit studies for a little bit, and then that just I was like, oh. <laughs> wow, there's a lot going on here. Um, and yeah, so really it was just kind of stumbled into something that like felt fine and that I was passionate about. And it, it was more just like what I was interested in and what I was naturally good at, right? It, it Did you have a goal in mind of if I do this, then I can be this? 
No, or was had, it, oh, this interested me in this moment? Yeah, it was more like this interests me in this moment, which is, I had no future plans. Somebody, uh, recently one of Chris's coworkers and I actually graduated from the same major at the same time. Um, we didn't know each other, which is weird because it was a very small, like, graduating class from that major. Um, but he was like, yeah, for that, like, $30,000 a year max salary wasn't going to do it for me. And I was like, I didn't even think about that as a consideration when I was choosing a major. Like, I didn't even worry about what the other side of it was. It was, like, specifically what interests me now so I can make it through having to go to class every day for the next few years. Interesting. Until later. <laughs> Yeah, I think I think uh, college for me was a lot more transactional. I thought I knew what I wanted to be when I grew up. Um, that didn't that didn't pan out at all. Um, but how many people do you actually sit there and see they they have a lot of um, fun and look forward to certain classes that they're doing within their line of study, right? And certain yeah. classes that maybe a handful of people maybe make money at. <laughs> you know successfully in in a year um i i always joke that and this is this is wrong of me but i joke that if if you don't have a stem degree it's a lot more challenging um to go be successful in the workforce doing potential non-stem um like specific jobs i could see that but i can also kind of disagree i think the world is um focusing maybe a little bit more on aesthetics and at language and at communication. So I think those two, the actually the only, I was trying to think through how many people I know that are outside of a military service that went to college and are doing the thing that they went to college for. And I can think of one of my friends and he has, he's doing marketing and marketing degree. So Shout out if you know who you are. <laughs> are you one of the seven? Are you one of the seven? <laughs> no, but it's it, it's quite interesting. Um, science would lead us to believe that we don't have a fully developed, capable brain until the age of 26. Yeah. I would need to look up what the average graduation uh, age is from a four-year post-secondary institution would be, but I imagine that would skew to a little bit under 26. So you're sitting here making enormous like life decision, like life altering decisions. If uh, you're having to go take on debt to finance that college experience, etc., you're doing a lot of things prior to your brain actually catching up to you and being able to make, those oh Jeech just looked it up 23 is the average graduation age so we graduate on average three years prior to our brain being fully developed as as human adults like there, there there's something there's something wrong there in my mind and for my astrology girls three years before your saturn returns usually hits and you should count on nothing before that saturn return swoops back around for you chris is shaking his head so hard <laughs> If anyone knows where so where Saturn is in the solar system, just generally, I'm impressed with you. But um, I forget what they what they named it. We were listening to a podcast while we were driving this weekend in Canada. They said they had a a nationwide service that when you finish up with effectively what is high school there, there's like career exploration. Or yeah. something that help you, like you can take yeah. a gap, like a gap year or a pause or something like that. And it actually goes and exposes you to multiple different trades or career paths and avenues. So you can at least go and like see them and touch them before that you ever go in taking on debt or cost or time to go and pursue a degree that would maybe open those doors towards that path. You love Canada. Hey. <laughs> But yeah, I've, I've, I found that interesting. I think the only thing that I was ever given, like, hey, here's here's potential careers, is you could take a career, like, half day in high school. I know the story of your career half day. I don't think you actually learned anything about the career that day. It's a great story, though. 
Um, we'll save we'll save it for we'll for another, another time. time. But yeah, I yeah. I learned nothing about business on my career half day from high school. Yeah, I took a standardized test. Like you literally just sit on a computer and take a test, and it's supposed to like give you aptitude. And I remember mine being like, you'd be a really good farmer or person in the military. Okay, if. There, if there are two things I would not succeed at, a militant farmer, it would be <laughs> having anybody tell me what to do for a long period of time and having to keep my clothes and things orderly, and two, <laughs> waking up early consistently to take care of animals or crops. Interesting. We'll we'll put that life dream to the side for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. <laughs> Yeah, but in, end of the day, you, you go to college, I think Jeej uh, and I are, are perfect examples of getting degrees potentially on a path that we thought we would find ourselves on and actually never, I've never once, maybe, uh, maybe at a glancing, like slightly overlap of a Venn diagram, used any of my education towards the multiple careers I've had at this point, I've pivoted more than a handful of times. Yep. Same. I think I use, I was telling Chris yesterday, I use chemistry now for no way I ever thought I would use chemistry before. Um, and it, that's just for recreational activities, not actually for my job. Um, but other than that, like I don't, I don't use a lot of what I actually learned for education for anything I do. There was a there's a CNBC article that I will put in the works cited, giving them credit. That talks about um, how older millennials, forty seven percent of them wish they had chosen a career a different career path when they started out. And I'll have to go find the figure somewhere else, but I believe it's a little over fifty percent of the workforce, if not millennials, because we make up a majority. A major part of the workforce now, and uh, the majority of us are uh, higher educated at this point. A little over fifty percent actually don't work in the field um, that they studied in when they were in college or in grad school, for that matter. That's wild to me. That kind of begs the question: like, what value is college giving? I think a lot of people are starting to see that. Uh, there's there's another one that talks about how the sentiments of college over literally the last decade. Um, so 10 plus years ago, they asked the question, is like, is it important to go to college? And I think 70% of those people surveyed had the sentiment of college has value. And asked in the last year or two, I believe is where that survey was, uh, only about 50 to 51% of people even express that college had value anymore. Christopher, would you go to college today looking back and being able to see exactly how your life has unfolded? Do you still think college is like, um, would you still do it? I, for certain career paths, college is still a must in, in my opinion. I think if you're going to go on to something that is specialized mm -hmm. in nature, um, or where you need some badge of honor accreditation to show that you can actually go and do it. So mm -hmm. uh, again, some of those STEM ones still, I believe, mm -hmm. need college, but potentially there's other ways to do it. I I envy, yeah. I envy people who went to community college for two years, smaller class sizes, much cheaper tuition, you know, got a lot of that out of the way and then just went and finished up at uh, a four-year school afterwards I, that's so smart but it's almost like it was it wasn't like my family or anything like that that frowned upon it it was almost your peers right those people that you mm, were like hey we're all graduating we're all going to school where are you gonna go i'm gonna go to local community college right i think that's a great option though normalized community Again, college in my away. adult brain <laughs> where i pay for everything <laughs> for years I would definitely have considered going to a, a smaller school first. Yeah. Definitely would have kept my GPA up higher too. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think there are certain paths that 
maybe don't require people to go have to take on that cost and give up that time to still get to a level that they could without it. Right. Yeah. Or, or trade school, like trade school, six months, nine months. I I don't have the details in front of me. Uh, I can only remember the, the commercials on TV and daytime TV where they're trying to pitch diesel school in the area of the world I grew up in. They're like, be a technician in six months or less. That's kind of cool. Yeah. But yeah, I think what it really comes down to, it, it's, if do you know what you want to be yeah. at a very, very young age? And can you go pick the education path that would line you up to be the most successful to get into that job? Because I think a lot of people find that outside of school, it's very difficult to go get to that level of job that you aspire to. Right. It's maybe not the entry. The job that you want is not the entry point right out of college, which is it's so true. It's so true. And that almost. Like going to college is such a privilege, too. And if you are if we're not using the skills that we picked up in college to do our jobs, um, why create that barrier of entry to people that don't have a degree with their names. I've had close friends passed up for jobs because they didn't have a degree that they were more than qualified for. The person that they hired instead of them was so much less qualified, but they had a degree. So why do you think that still holds weight? And do you think that in my experience, when I saw that happen, it was a boomer that was doing the hiring. Do we think that as millennials kind of um, become the bosses in the workforce and the hiring managers that that is going to change? Like, do you think we as a generation kind of see the flip floppiness of careers within college and that skills can be learned outside of it and hold that as the same value as a college degree? I would hope so. I would hope that we look more to um, experience and aptitude than we do some people are great students, but you take them out of that scholastic setting and they, they can fall apart uh, when it comes to a, the application of going and performing the, the job and tasks there, yeah. right? And vice versa. There are some people immediately pick it up, but didn't have a four-year degree or whatever type of training in there, and they're perfectly fine. They're more than suitable for for that particular job. Yeah, it, it's just kind of it's kind of interesting. I don't want to blame it on any one generation and what they have, but I think certain people create um, or have intrinsic value on more education or more of those badges mm -hmm. that you get to wear on your shirt than maybe it merits in the day-to-day -day of them like applying and performing in that role, yeah. right? Yeah. So I've seen that I've seen that often too. Very interesting. Yeah. I think um, what's interesting is how the the economic cycles mm -hmm. seem to be speeding up a little bit and how they affect yeah. um, kids that are going to school or kids that are just getting out of school. Um, I know that I was affected by an economic cycle. I When I graduated, it was just the mar market turmoil was happening what year did you graduate christopher i graduated oh i don't know if i want to like dox myself here graduated right around uh, a I, economic I, crash in the 2000s yeah the the, the let's see here i graduated december 2007 yep. um the stock market had hit its peak of that cycle in november and was selling off at 600 points, 700 points, 800 points a day, almost to the point where they had to like stop, you know, uh, put a pause on the stock market. And that's when subprime lending and all of the things bad with housing happened and whatnot, right? And now those cycles just came, seem to speed up, whether it's a health calamity such as coronavirus or if it's another scenario of uh just macroeconomic meddling with interest rates 
That was some very smart words you just said. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite, Chris one time said to me, as an economist. <laughs> as a qualified. As a qualified <laughs> economist. <laughs> so, that was economist corner over there. But I think there are a lot of, I think there are a lot of kids that are like, look, I checked this, I checked this box off. Yeah. I got this four year degree. Now what? Why in the world can I not land a gig? Yeah. Right. I love I love the memes that probably are a little bit too true that are like, oh, we see that you have a four-year degree, but you have no experience for this entry-level job. We're going to have to look somewhere else. And like, it's, it's a degree or experience. You can't ask for both from me. Really? Right? I, I don't know how... I know that internships could probably get you there, but often just like straight out of college is like, oh, who's going to have the experience in the field that they thought that the education was going to cover. Right. And they're not getting the opportunity to even like get a foot in the door and figure it out. Yeah. Right. Agreed. And so you have four years given, you have all the, that money required wherever you got it from. Um, if you, if you took student loans to do it, you're now sitting on student loans that, are starting their payment cycle because you're no longer in college and you're finding yourself more than likely underemployed or can't find the entry point into the career path that, that you want to be in. Like it, it, it's kind of like damning to the system when you think about it. And it's like, here we go. We spit you out. We say, go here. We say it costs this much money. We promise it'll be worth your time and money. And then you get out and it's, nothing nothing like you thought it was going to be but i think some people find find it to be uh i'm sorry the minority of probably everyone find themselves happily along their path even if they had to go to uh more schooling after they got a four-year degree and they're just happy on their path there um but for for me i find myself like oh i'm not going to use this degree i just need a job like i gotta go pay for my life that's staring me in the face now Chris made a lot of big life decisions all at once. <laughs> all at once. <laughs> in the December 2007 time period. But there was, a, there was an interesting article uh, that I found on higheredive.com. We'll, we'll see how uh, reputable they are. But and it made more excited. Let the people decide. Exactly. <laughs> it made an interesting uh, counterpoint. And said, unlike boomers, millennials didn't find good jobs until uh, until their thirties, right? And so, when it came to boomers, it said by at least the age of twenty five, they had found what was a good job, and a good job being classified as something that was stable, uh, paid well enough to take on uh, lifestyle cost, etc., right? And then, I think. It's really interesting to look at the figures. I'm sure they can be cut many different ways to tell many different stories, but millennials going to school, graduating on average by the age of 23, probably having on average, you know, uh, tens of thousands of dollars of debt, if not more, and then not really finding like the sturdy path of the career underneath them until seven years later instead of two years later. It, it's, it's quite alarming Honestly, if you're not sitting there finding yourself in a, in a place that you can be successful and is rewarding you for being successful until your 30s, that's a lot of years um, right out of college where you, you there's just uncertainty there. Yeah, no, that really is a lot of years to wonder and kind of second guess that I make the right chance because you're seeing some people around you like sure that's the average you're seeing some people around you succeed you're seeing your parents say well at your age I had two kids already <laughs> um you're just you're just living in a whole other time period where really like I that that where they didn't find a stable job till 30 kind of resonates with me I had what by title was a great job for lots of years but it wasn't financially I didn't I could barely afford my life I could barely like do anything um for a long time and it took several career pivots until now I just entered my 30th year and I feel like I'm on a better path um something a little bit more 
financially stable, a little bit less emotionally destructive, a little bit less, all of the things. Um, but, but yeah, I think it certainly took longer by this, by this time my mom truly was married and had children. Um, and I'm now just being like, Oh good, I can pay all my bills. (laughs) I finally made it. I can I can pay for this ever increasing life that sits there and like slams up against me. <laughs> I was able to buy my first car two years ago, and it was one of the happiest moments of my life to be like, "Whoa, I made it! I made it! I'm able to take out my own debt. <laughs> Fabulous!" Yes. Yeah, but regardless, I. I I really think that that's what creates that circumstance where you go away from your study, your field of study, and you have to go make the best economic decisions that are in front of you. And or you actually find a career path that you had no clue existed when you when you were going to college and you were studying. I think college is very good at or maybe just life generally. I have to I'd have to go think this thought out a little bit more. But um, oftentimes you see people are like, I want to be a lawyer. I want to be an engineer. I want to be a businessman. There, there's some very like heavy rutted paths towards some very traditional type jobs that have been labeled uh, as successful. But oftentimes those jobs, you have to, to pay some dues, right? And I think oftentimes for, for me, I've had... I guess multiple mini careers now at this point in the span of my career, but I'm now in a path I never ever would have considered nor would have thought was available uh, to me because I didn't know it existed. Yeah. Did your job even exist? So um, Chris and I are both, he's a program manager. I'm a project manager, both for, or he does more kind of tech stuff. I do more operations at this point um yeah but your job doing jira all of these things how long ago did that exist was that even when you were in college was that even something that you could have studied for i think the the um if i want to be a developer the c languages were all out and available uh potentially javascript was barely kind of coming around and for those who don't know, JavaScript is essentially almost every single web page or software application that you see. It's the pretty one. Up to this point. Yeah, yeah. It's the <laughs> it's the uh, better version of HTML. <laughs> it replaced HTML. <laughs> but but yeah, developer wasn't wasn't my thing because I struggled in my HTML class. <laughs> <laughs> Just carrots. But yeah, this the this whole concept of of software as a service and platforms and integrated platforms to to run a business or customer facing uh services and software platforms really i mean really wasn't it was in its infancy if anything right so facebook came out when i was in college right and i feel like facebook gets a lot of credit for being this like amazing software company when there are so many other ones out there as well. And so the whole concept of going down the tech route, just I, I was, I was going traditional finance, right? I thought I had some skills and that were going to line up and I was going to go find myself, maybe go working for an investment bank. That that was my goal coming out of college. That never happened. So dead air, because I thought Gigi was going <laughs> to say something. I didn't have anything to say. I think lastly, <laughs> what I wanted to cover was despite, you know, the despite the rocky road to get to where people are in their career, I think if you just get that that entry point. So um, currently, uh, my brother is pivoting uh, in a career. Um I don't know how much credit I want to take. I think I've had conversations with him. I don't think I've <laughs> I've led him or steered him or helped him make a decision. Yeah, it was just his own, his his own, own person. <laughs> <laughs> but at the end of the day, highly educated. Super smart. Very successful 
in a line of of work that he hates and dreads every single minute of. But is really good at it. Amazing at it. And is is a is a career that people look at and it's one of those like, oh, you're successful if you're this thing. Also there's some good TikToks on it. Yeah, so I, I don't think this is this is doxing him. Uh, my my brother was uh, an accountant. He was a specialized accountant. Um, he's sought after to very to do accounting work at other other companies. To his annoyance, currently can't stand being an accountant. You know, has a master's in accounting. Can't <laughs> stand it. It it. it it alters like his life outside of work because he has to go and be an accountant. And so he's pivoting into to the tech world and he's just kind of trying to figure out who's going to take that first chance on him. Yeah. But like once you someone takes that that chance on you, you have that experience, you can tailor a resume, you can tailor that. And I, I feel like that's where a lot of the pivoting kind of happens or you fall into an opportunity. Like for, for me, when I got into tech, I just, I was doing operational like, corporate projects and the CIO was like, Hey, you're, you're pretty good at that. Do you want do you want to come and work in, in IT? I was like, stop right there. I'm just going to stop this conversation right now. <laughs> I barely know how to check my email. Like this computer, this laptop here lost on me. Like I can't do tech. I won't do it. Right. And a handful of conversations later, he convinced me to go in there and I've been in multi-year pivot in my career now right and i think that's where the last bullet point i want to cover is despite like the rocky path despite it not maybe going to plan etc cetera, etc cetera, and over 50 percent of people not using their degrees in in their day-to-day work role uh the pew research center has yeah, I know. I brought them up because they were a data point I wanted to use. The Pew Research Center says two out of three people are actually quite content and quite happy with uh, their careers, despite it not being the path that they thought they were going to go travel down when they when they started their career. And that's, that's a bit wild to me, right? Because you sit there, like for me, I don't think I resent getting a, an econ degree. It, it was the decision in the moment. I think a lot of my career paths were the best decision. I'm sorry, my career pivots, my changes were the best decision that I could have made in that moment when that decision was presented to me, right? And so where I have some rough days at work, it's not always the funnest uh, thing to go to work. I'm quite content with my career and to the point where I don't necessarily want to go like pursue it up to a, a C level at all. I'd much rather like branch out from where I'm at and do things like podcasts with Gigi or some other things like that, that maybe I get to go use some other muscles that I don't get to use in my day to day. Like what, what are your thoughts on that, Gigi? Like people still being happy despite them having a completely different career. No, I think that's great. And um, like truly we are both huge believers here of find your happiness and go back to it as much as possible. So even if you kind of harbor that like, uh, that like almost FOMO lost time that you had for getting the degree you have, even though you're not using it. Um, I think it's great. Like where you are now, if you're happy, that's great. I'm happy. I'm very, very happy to see, um, kind of more entryways for people that don't go to college to, um, still be able to financially succeed. I hope that just increases and continues because college truly is a privilege and the barrier of entry to it is very, very high. Um, And so to be able to kind of level that out and give everyone an equal chance um, and not just those that can afford to go to college or could have afforded to study extra hard in high school to get grades because they weren't working a job or whatever the circumstances were. I hope that continues. Hope happiness for everyone Excited to see so many more kind of fun careers come and go, um, and just just truly job. I I would not count myself as one of the people that's happy with their career. Um, I'm very grateful, particularly for my job now. I'm very grateful for it, but corporate. I don't think corporate life is forever for me. <laughs> 
as I sit here with pink hair on my vacation because I was so excited to do pink hair. Um, but yeah, happiness can be found and through many different paths. And I'm very happy for those that have pivoted and found better happiness on the other side. Absolutely. I'm, I'm happy for anyone that took advantage, uh, if they were permitted to during the great resignation to potentially go find something better or have the unfortunate realization <laughs> that maybe where they were was, was better, uh, when they were lured away, um, Things happen through a career. Uh, there's many things that can to make you unhappy. I don't know how many uh, millennials are doing half of their boss's jobs and not getting credit for it. I don't know how many people are doing very easy Excel uh, <laughs> macros or formulas in a spreadsheet and uh, their their older <laughs> community within their workforce thinks that they're, a, they're potentially a wizard or a witch. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are many things in a career, but like it's honestly... Don't if if you're not happy if you're not fulfilled don't sit. I that's the as an older millennial that's the best advice I could give. Once you know that that place is not for you, that job is not for you, those people are not for you anymore. That is such a difficult climb out of that hole, or that is such a difficult like flaming pile of trash to like avoid seeing every single day, so that you can stay sane at your job, if your circumstances line up that you have the ability to go find another job that's local to you, or if you have the ability to potentially be somewhat mobile or even this new remote world that seems to be hanging out. I, I see like little, little signs that certain companies kind of don't want it to happen anymore. But if there are remote roles that could expose you to companies that were weren't you weren't remotely close to like in the bay like how many tech companies or seattle how many of those companies now have remote jobs where we didn't live we don't live on the west coast like the coast coast and so those jobs weren't necessarily available to us because they didn't have a satellite office kind of right where we live just go take advantage don't be scared to go make pivots in your career and find the things that line up best for you. Happiness to Jillian, we're big, big believers in happiness being like the denominator of our life. And so going and finding the thing that can bring you the most happiness, it might not make you like fulfilled, like the fullest happiness because you still have to work, but going and finding a place that you fit, that you sit in. I think I've read something that said millennials actually need a company that has um, like a social vision they need a company yep. that isn't going to go put them in like a traditional workspace yep. and they need the ability to go and work on their time. Like they need that flexibility to get the work done by a deadline, but not necessarily on a nine to five schedule or in an office, et cetera. Right. And that's a, as a millennial, an older millennial, I didn't realize that I had that deep millennialism in me. So when I've had, uh, the opportunity to have employees. I was like, I don't care when you come into work. I don't care when you leave work. The 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 work that uh, I need you to do has to be done by these timelines, these things, et cetera. And when I gave people that runway, I always got quality work at that time. And I, I can appreciate when people have done that for me and let me do that as well. Yeah. It's quite, quite awesome, uh, this post- I don't want to say post-corona, but uh, as the as the corona pandemic kind of finds its its new s settling ground, I guess, which is a lot less cases is how I'll say that. I like to see what's sticking, some of the positive things of the workforce that are sticking around that were forced on the workforce during that time, right? Yeah. yeah. So, any any parting thoughts, Jeej? No, I think it's an unfortunate circumstance of humanity and late stage capitalism that we have to work, <laughs> but all for um, being kind to each other and trying to make these times when we're all, I don't think any, some people genuinely love to go to work and work, um, but I think that is a maybe less, less than all of us, um, and so just finding a place where you are safe and happy and emotionally taken care of on top of being compensated for your time and efforts, um, I think is invaluable. And I would encourage anybody who finds himself not in that situation 
to look for another place because it is out there. You will find it. And you deserve to be happy and healthy and not bullied at work. Absolutely. So we're going to call that an episode. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for who came. Uh, again, you can find us on, on Gmail, on mindthemillennialgap at gmail.com. You can find us on TikTok or Instagram under the handles mindthemillennialgap. Do we have anything else? Uh, no, I think just those. Okay, cool. Th- those are the platforms that we know how to use. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you have questions, if you if you want to interact with us, we'd, we'd love to, to interact with what is the tiniest of communities that exist on the internet but yeah we'd love to get items we'd love to get topics to to talk about in future podcasts we'd love to potentially even interact with you on the podcast so uh hit us up on those uh social items or gmail and we'll be back for episode three Woo.